The nail in the coffin! the nail in the coffin i'm tom valentino you wouldn't know it by how much my air conditioner has been running this week but uh football season is just around the corner we got browns training camp starting up pretty soon and uh the pro football hall of fame and triumph ceremonies are going to be coming up uh in less than three weeks and uh joining us tonight from the pro football hall of fame brock richards the vice president of sales and marketing for the hall brock how are you i'm doing great tom and you I'm uh, I'm good, man. I appreciate you taking the time. So the enshrinement weekend, it's uh, you know one of the showcase events, uh, sports wise and and events wise in Northeast Ohio. Um, obviously, it's the biggest weekend of the year for you guys. Um, less than three weeks away, I got to imagine you guys are uh, running full speed ahead right now. Take us behind the scenes. What does the planning process look like for this to uh, to pull off everything that goes on that weekend? Well, Tom, you are completely accurate. Um, we are less than three weeks away. So um, Enshrinement Week, powered by Johnson Controls, kicks off on Thursday, August 1st. Um, and it actually will also kick off the NFL's 100th season. So um, every year is a special year for us with a new class of legends being enshrined. Uh, but especially this year with, um, you know, Canton being the birth, birthplace of, of the NFL, uh, we're really excited to kick off that, that um, NFL's 100th season. And, um I was just commenting to one of my colleagues that I feel like we hit a different gear um, in our planning process uh, yesterday. Um, you know, for us, it's a year-round process, whether um, our group of selectors are selecting the next class or we're, you know, planning the events or who's going to perform in the concert, selling tickets. But um, for us, it really is a, a year-round process. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to kind of see all this work, you know, culminate with a stadium full of 23,000 people. And it's not just the, the the ceremony itself. I think that's on Saturday night. I mean, you've got the the Hall of Fame game, the exhibition game. Uh, that's the first NFL preseason game on, uh, I believe, Sunday that weekend. And and what else is going on that week? Is there uh, other events that you said start even as early as Thursday? So yeah, there's actually a, a lot going on. So Thursday, August first, is the Hall of Fame game. So that's between the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons this year. Um, so that will be that, that the fifth preseason game for the NFL. Uh, Friday night, um, televised live on NFL Network, is actually the Gold Jacket Ceremony. So that's kind of the, the first real start for this new class of, of, of eight legends when they get that gold jacket and put it on for the first time. So that's a really special moment. Um, on Saturday, August 2nd, or sorry, August 3rd, um, is the enshrinement ceremony for the class of 2019. So that's actually broadcast on both ESPN and NFL Network. Um, and lastly is our Concert for Legends, um, which is on Sunday, August 4th, uh, which this year will feature Imagine Dragons. Okay. And that concert is at the stadium, is that correct? At the stadium. So, um, you know, maybe a little fun fact, but um, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium um, as far as we're aware, is the only stadium, or really the only venue, that does what we do in the matter of four days. So we host an NFL game on Thursday, then we turn that venue into a major, let's call it an award ceremony, 
um, on Saturday and then have a major concert um, on that following Sunday. So uh, we have not found an, a, um, another venue that does that. Um, and that's just inside the stadium. Um, I don't know, Tom, if you ever had a chance to come down to Canton for the, uh, for the enshrinement ceremony. If you haven't, please come down as, as, as my guest. But there's a lot to do. Um, we have a lot of free um, activities on the Hall of Fame campus, our fun fest, um, you know, beer garden, and certainly people actually visiting the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, I like beer. <laughs> beer garden sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Could use a beer on a day like this. It's about 95 degrees out there. Um, it, it, it is hot. <laughs> uh, the stadium, I, the reason I mentioned that and, and what I thought was pretty interesting, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of construction uh, renovations and in, in Benson Stadium in particular. It was, you know, previously Fawcett Stadium before uh, I believe the, the uh, Saints ownership made the donation and, and got the naming rights there. Um, it, it's, can you just tell me what all has gotten done at, at the hall of fame, um, in terms of that construction and renovation and what's still on tap and kind of where things are at right now? Sure. Um, so you are, you are correct. Um, it was a generous donation from, uh, Tom Benson and his family, um, for the naming rights to the stadium. Um, and, you know, really for Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, um, the project really phase one is complete, which was the renovation and, and really recreation almost of, of Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium and the construction of um, some of our youth fields. Um, you know, one of the things that we really believe strongly at the Hall of Fame is the values that the game of football can teach. Um, and one of the things we wanted to do was make sure that we got more youth players, not just football, um, but our fields can kind of accommodate any rectangular sport. So, you know, lacrosse, soccer, field hockey. Um, we have all sorts of, you know, tournaments, um, whether it's now in the summer, actually even in the uh, winter as well. Um, so that really is, is completed. And the rest of the other project is kind of ongoing um, in the kind of design and, and uh, construction phase. But, um, you know, the way that we kind of equate it is it's much like, like Disney World or Disneyland where, you always have something new that's, you know, being created or expanding or renovating. Um, so we're really excited about the future for John's Controls Hall of Fame Village. Yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, where I wanted to go with this next. You know, I've been to the Hall of Fame, but it's been a long time. And I'm thinking you get a lot of fans that come out once. But I, I would think for your business model to really be sustainable. It's as much about uh, trying to bring those fans that give them a reason to come back again and again. Um, you know, the, the, the bus uh, players, they're, they're this, it's the same guys that, you know, I saw, but you know, when I went there growing up, I mean, obviously there are more players that have been inducted since then, but um, can you just kind of talk about how you guys are able to, you know, keep things fresh, keep things interesting, uh, keep giving people uh, new stuff to see when they uh, come out to the hall and, and why they might want to be coming back now if it's been a few years? Tom, that is a, a great question. And, and I often talk to people. I also live in, in, you know, born and raised in Cleveland as well. So, Talk to a lot of friends, family, acquaintances, um, you know, often kind of figure out how long it's been since they've been to the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we get a lot of, you know, different responses from, well, I was there a few years ago to I was there as a kid. Um, and it really has changed a lot. You know, we are not, um, you know, dusty footballs and old helmets. Um, we have a lot of technology that we've actually put into the, um, the hall. And even in the time that I, I, I've been at the hall, we've, you know, rolled out at least one new attraction every year. 
Um, one of the things that we actually have right now that launched uh, about two months ago is our Talking Bronze Bust experience. So it is a augmented reality experience with the use of an iPad, um, which really brings the, the Bronze Bust of the Hall of Famers to life. And you may remember back, or some of the you know listeners may remember back to John Madden's speech um, when he was enshrined, and he talked about how he firmly believed that at night, once everyone left and all the lights were off in the Hall of Fame, that the bus spoke to themselves. They that they talked amongst each other, that they shared stories, that they taught. They really kind of shared this, this you know com- camaraderie, and that always kind of stuck with us. And uh, we finally kind of found a way to actually with the use of technology, bring that to life. So right now, you can engage with John Madden's bus. You can ask to ask it questions. Um, you can actually talk with Michael Strahan's bus. Um, so a lot of really cool stuff because, to your point, um, you know, we want people to come back year after year and see new things. Um, during the um, NFL season, the, the regular season, um, we have an entire area um, of our museum that's dedicated to, um, you know, kind of the mementos and things that happened during the year, records that are broken. Um, like last year, this past season, when Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's all, um, all-time uh, passing yards, you know, we got that ball that was on display like two days later. So a lot of fun things. I would definitely encourage anyone who has not been recently to come back and um, see, see what we have. You will not be disappointed. Hi, Sue. You grew up a football fan? I did. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, born and raised. We'll get to the Browns in just a minute, but I just have to ask you on a personal <laughs> level, what's it like going to work every day and having that much cool stuff around you at, you know, what is your office? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've talked about that with some people sometimes because, um, you know, quite candidly, I would say sometimes I take for granted that I get to park in the parking lot and I walk in the front doors of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um there are definitely moments where I realize and I kind of stop for a moment, like I'm walking into the pro football hall of fame. You know, this is the, not only the destination, uh, you know, for all football fans of, of, of any bucket list that they may have, but this is the ultimate recognition, personal recognition for a team sport. And, you know, there are guys that, you know, um, certainly a guy like Tony Gonzalez or Ray Lewis, when they were playing, um, or a, a, a Joe Thomas, certainly, he's going to Canton. You know, that, that's, that's the place to go. And what's really fun for me personally is one of the, the first things that a lot of people do when they visit the Hall of Fame is they um, stand right underneath the logo that's on the front of our building and, and take a picture. Um, it's kind of become a, a unintended photo op. And whenever I have the chance, I will stop and offer to take the picture because, you know, family of four, there's always one person out of the picture. So I always take that moment to take that picture for them, find out where they came from, you know, what their story is, who they're a fan of. Um, and it's those moments, too, um, that aren't lost. And I remember that these people are kind of traveling from far and wide to come here and have a great time. And I think that ultimately is is the the essence that I think is embodied by all of my teammates of the Hall of Fame that we we know that we're preserving the legacies of these pro football legends and also trying to really create a fun attraction for people to come and visit. Do you have a feel um, in terms of you know the folks that are coming to check out the Hall of Fame, the fans that are coming? Is it uh, you know really heavy with? Uh, Northeast Ohioans, do you get a lot of people coming in from other markets and 
I, I would have to imagine that, you know, a weekend like the enshrinement coming up when you've got players that are coming from uh, different teams, um, that's going to probably draw in a lot of out-of-towners. Um, what does that mix look like throughout the rest of the year? Um, great, great question. Um, the, the short answer is yes. We do get a lot of visitors that come from nor, uh, nor, Northeast Ohio. Um, we also get people and visitors from all 50 states, uh, 12 to 14 countries every year. Um, and especially depending on, on the, the, the season, um, it varies. So right now, as, as families are, are traveling through on, on you know, summer breaks, you know, the, the people come from a little bit farther around. Um, but certainly over enshrinement week, you know, we're expecting a lot of people from Baltimore and Denver um, and a lot of these great markets that are represented by the guys that are in the class of 2019. Okay. Well, you mentioned you're, you were a Browns fan growing up. I'm a Browns fan. Pretty much everybody listening to this podcast is a Browns fan. Um, I've not had a whole lot of opportunities to ask a question like this, but uh, the Browns uh, have got some real high expectations this year, and I think the buzz around them is, uh, you know, at a level that uh, we haven't really seen in a long time. And I'm kind of curious: is that something that you guys are kind of hoping that is, uh, you know, gonna gonna kind of rub off on you a little bit and just kind of getting that excitement around football in general. Is that a good thing for you guys, or do you think you're kind of insulated from that? Um, you know, we we certainly can't help but but be fans. I mean, certainly we, we we work at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and preserve these legacies of all these great franchises and teams. But um, absolutely, I mean, I am a Browns fan through and through. Um, you know, born and raised with my my father as well. And I think I was just having this conversation with someone today um, who happens to be a, a Steelers fan, but besides the point, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think ultimately we're, we're excited about the Indians that run they had a couple of years ago, getting to the world series and certainly the, the championships with LeBron. Um, but it's definitely something different with the Browns. I think this is a Browns town and it is just so exciting to see the level of excitement that we have, um, it just even among you know fr- friends and family, um, I this is a really special group of young players that's been you know put together. And by no means am I a, um, any sort of you know scout or, or expert to, to break down the team, but um, I think what the Browns have is a swagger, um, not not just the mascot, but they have a true <laughs> swagger. I think as long as everyone can can get along. Um, and, you know, Baker Mayfield can distribute the ball, um, I think we have a really bright future. Well, there will not be any Browns in the 2019 Hall of Fame class. Uh, I think Joe Thomas uh, is probably going to be the next uh, Cleveland Brown to go in, but he's still got a couple more years until he's eligible. But uh, just looking through this year's inductees, it's crazy to me that some of these guys are already eligible uh, to be going into the Hall, and I'm just kind of curious – what it's like watching the selection process unfold for you every year. You know, there's that selection committee. Um, so it's not exactly like your staff is, you know, having some meeting sitting around saying like, all right, who are we putting in here this year? I mean, it, um, do, does anybody on your staff, um, are they on that selection committee? Um, and if so, or if not, uh, I'm just kind of curious to know like what it's like finding out like who's coming in this year. That's a, a, a very good question. Um, so we do have, it's not the Hall of Fame 
staff. It's not our president, David Baker, or anyone else making these selections, but it's 48 selectors that are part of the press um, that really ultimately vote and make um, the decision on, on who goes in. Um, I don't know all, all the, the finer parts, but we do have a senior nomination committee um, and a contributor nomination committee. The reason both of those were formed in recent uh, history, recent past, was because you know it's hard to compare someone um, like Johnny Robinson, who's part of the class of 2019, to a guy like Champ Bailey, who's also part of the class of 2019. In very, very different eras from you know decades apart. And I think what um, our recently retired executive director Joe Horgan, um, you know, found is is those guys kind of got pushed farther and farther down the list, um, and really was kind of a way to elevate these seniors and these contributors. Um, you know, guys like Jerry Jones or this year Gil Brandt, um, or, or not Gil Brandt, Pat Bowen, sorry, the um, um, owner of the Broncos who, who recently passed, um, because it was hard to to you know do that. So it really is a multi-step process, and it's year-round. Um, so it culminates with the class being selected the Saturday before the enshrinement or the um, Super Bowl. Um, but really, it's a it's a year-round process. So you know, our our planning starts well um, in advance. And for us right now, this is you know, this has been at least a five-month process for us. So when you guys have the the players coming in for the ceremonies, um, they uh, I, I assume that. Uh, when these ceremonies are going on and, and you've got the big crowds filing in, I mean, I think you said what 23,000 or, or whatever, are there uh, seats blocked off for family and friends? I assume there are. Yep. So I'm curious then, uh, Ed Reed, a member of the Ravens uh, for uh, Ravens secondary. Um, did he request like an extra row of seats for all the, uh, the Browns quarterbacks he terrorized over the years? Cause those guys are <laughs> as responsible for him getting into the hall as much as anybody. That, that, that is very true. And unfortunately, as you pointed out, that, that list is way too long. I, I can make these jokes now because we have Baker Mayfield and this is all in the past. <laughs> this is all past tense stuff now. So, um, you know, comedy is tragedy plus time. So we're, we're, we're good That's now. That's right. Good. good stuff. All right. Um, what uh, what else do people need to know about uh, the the weekend and and everything else you got going on? Um, I think the the last thing is look, we would love to have you in Canton uh, for the the enshrinement ceremony, the Hall of Fame game, and the concert. Um, so if you're interested for more information, go to profootballhof.com slash tickets, and we do have tickets uh, avail available while limited for all three events. All right, Brock. This has been fun, man. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to the start of football and uh, wishing you guys uh, all the best with uh, your weekend coming up here in August. Should be fun. Thank you, Tom. Fun. All right. Great. All right. As for us, we are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. You can also uh, listen to us on uh, Stitcher and the TuneIn app, and you can stream us on your computer at Waiting for Next Year. Com. Thanks again to Brock Richards from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I am Tom Valentino. It's been the nail in the coffin, and we will talk to you again soon. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.